You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and I'm joined in the studio by Matt and Jeff. How's it going? What up? Pretty well. Good. We'll uh, take this piece of paper. We need an update on this speech and come walk with me. Um, Today, we're doing a West Wing bonus episode, which we're pretty excited about. Ken is not here, uh, and it's probably for the best, uh, Mm -hmm. because no one wants him here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and I don't even think he watches the West Wing, does he? He's out collecting... uh, I don't know what I'm going to say there. Never mind. What are you going to? Oh, you were going to. You don't know what you're going to say. No, I started a sentence. I didn't know where I was going. Oh uh, well, um, I believe Ken is uh, is. Um, oh, I was going to make a Zoe. Uh, I can't remember the reference now. Shoot, see, so now I got to rewatch Mandy? the show. Yeah. A Mandy reference. Yes. Okay. Uh, He's that's in okay. Mandyville. He's in Mandyville. Thank you. So uh, Ken is in Mandyville, uh, but uh, we have some great guests in the studio today coming over Skype. Uh, first, uh, we're going to introduce our contestants for the West Wing bonus episode uh, before we get to our host. So uh, first, I would like to introduce uh, someone who's been on the show before. Uh, she's coming to us from Seattle, and her name is Liz Hoffman. How's it going, Liz? Hey, guys. It's going great. Thanks for joining us again. So uh, just to refresh people's memory, just uh, talk a little bit about yourself and uh, then your love of West Wing. Uh, hi, I'm Liz Hoffman. I'm originally from Sugarland, Texas, but I live in the greater Seattle area now. And I don't know how many times I've seen the show all the way through, but if I had to pick a favorite moment or a favorite episode, it would probably be Toby figuring out what Hoynes knows in 17 people. Oh, I don't know if I know that reference, but I'm going to have to look (laughs) that one up or at least get to it. Um, Well, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Our next competitor is going to be Colin Jacobs, coming to us from Waverly, Iowa, at Wartburg College. How's it going, Colin? It's going great. How are you guys? Doing well. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing in college over there at Wartburg, and uh, some favorite moments uh, for yourself of West Wing. Yeah, so I'm, religi- I'm originally from Rochester, Minnesota, but I'm in my last year here at Wartburg. I'm triple majoring in political science, sociology, and peace and justice studies. And I uh, found the West Wing back when I was in high school. I'm on my third watch through of it. And my favorite part is when they kick off Bartlett's re-election campaign and Josh and Toby and Donna miss the motorcade. And so they are trying to get back to the airplane before it leaves and they realize they missed it and they have a meltdown, absolute meltdown in front of a bunch of kids. And I think it's hilarious. That's my favorite part. Jeff, anything? I, I I don't know this reference. No, enjoy that, it? no, that one's really funny. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'll take your word for it. Solid. Uh, everything on that show is great. And uh, last but not least, our third competitor uh, coming to us from Pittsburgh is Alexis Papalia. How's it going, Alexis? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming out tonight. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your love of the West Wing. Uh, well, I am born and raised here in Pittsburgh. Um, I actually write for a local uh, newspaper. I write obituaries. Mm-hmm. Um And as far as the West Wing goes, uh, I guess I have my high school playwriting teacher to thank for introducing me to it. Um, She made us map out all the plot lines in one of the episodes, the state dinner. It turns out there are 13 plot lines in that one episode alone. So it's crazy. Um, As far as favorite moments, mine is a little bit more serious. I um, 
I was just watching it today, the the bit in season three where CJ finds out about the 17 girls who died in the school in Saudi Arabia, and she goes off on the press corps about it, that that really gives me chills every time. It's it's such a great moment. Um, Alice and Janney is amazing, so... Yeah, she is. She's amazing. Um, she's really great on that show, too. And um, yeah, I love that character, uh, at least from what I've seen so far. Um, but um, <laughs> we have someone who wrote questions for us. And uh, that is United States champion Andrew Thomas, uh, who was just on a recent episode. Not sure if you're going to hear that one first or this one first, but he's here right now. And uh, he's a host of his own podcast, but I'll let him tell you that. So, uh, Andrew, thank you for joining us. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, it's my pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, I am... A West Wing enthusiast like everyone else, although I have this funny feeling that I watched it in college as opposed to the rest of you watching it in high school <laughs> uh, for when you did. I would share my favorite West Wing moment, but that would spoil part of the quiz because I've loaded at least a few of those moments in here. <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely on board with uh, pretty much every moment you just said. Uh, the podcast I host, which I hope will still be on the air by the time this, this episode <laughs> airs, uh, is a slower educationalist trivia podcast called 10 Things I Wish You Knew where the gist is uh, either I or a guest that I have begged to be on the show comes and asks 10 longish form questions about a subject they find of great interest to them. Although geekery, I think, is the word I've used the most often to describe it. Um, the idea being, if there's something really memorable, something you really like, it's great to share it and then also give it kind of a trivia angle to it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I look forward to making some more of those. And we've already talked about getting some of you guys on to yeah. get on your own. And I'm really looking forward to that, too. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll have to get Matt on there. Talk about some wrestling, maybe? Yeah, you're wearing a, an Uso shirt, day yeah. one-ish. So, uh, well, I know nothing about it, so it would be a perfect topic. <laughs> there you go. Ken will talk for about Japan for five hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, or about being ornery all the time. Uh, okay, so Ken's going to listen but... to these episodes to edit and be like, what the hell, guys? Oh, no, I'm, I'm editing this one. He'll never know anything. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, the way this is going to work, and we're going to throw it to Andrew, uh, is we are going to do a slightly altered format from our usual game. We're going to do 20 questions, just 20 straight questions. Uh, each competitor, Liz, Colin, and Alexis, are going to get uh, 10 points per question. And then we'll do uh, three final questions. Uh, so like our final round where they get to wager on the category name, but we're going to do three for that. And then we'll see uh, who today's, uh, is there a West Wing term like for... I don't know, like, not like the cream of the crop, but maybe like today. General election winner. General election winner. Okay, that's fine. So today is the um, midterm election West Wing special. <laughs> You're not commander in that. chief. There you go. Yep. Thank there you. Today's commander in chief. I'll, I'll throw a quote of Bartlett in there. Maybe I'll maybe I'll stay up till three a.m. and edit this one tonight so people will listen to it tomorrow. Mm. We'll see. We'll see how much energy I have after this. Wait, we're gonna put up this and a regular game tomorrow. <laughs> hey, it's people need to vote and so, a yeah. patron bonus oh. all on the same day. People want content. Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Oh, the there we go. There you go. Yeah, listen to it while you're in line, and then just don't accidentally vote for Matt. That's oh. all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like our, a terrible politician. All right. Well, uh, let's throw it to Andrew. He's gonna get things kicked off, and uh, and then we're all kind of chip in here with some questions, but. Uh, Feel free when he asks a question, if you need to mute your computer or take your time to answer, and then when you're ready, just lock in, and we will um, get your answer. So, Andrew, take it away. All right, guys. Pause for a second and ask, how do you want us to lock in? Oh, so... Um, just write it down? Yeah, just write it down. And then you'll call on us. Yeah, okay. and we'll call on you, <laughs> yeah, each of you. And what we might do is, um, maybe we'll just do the same order every time, so it's it's easy. So we'll do Liz, Colin, Alexis, mm -hmm. uh, so that way you know. <clears throat> nah, so. rotate. We'll see. Make it super yeah. complicated. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> now, every third score? time, uh, yes, I'll switch keep it up counterclockwise. Okay. You basically go round robin. Uh -huh. So it's it's one, All two, right. three, three, two, one. No, no, no. None of that. So I'll tell you right now that uh, this might not be as big a tip off to you as anything, but I've tried to spread out the questions um, throughout the seasons, but the later seasons aren't as good as the earlier seasons. Mm -hmm. So it'll be more heavily weighted towards the earlier seasons, but there's no promises about no game theorying which ones appear wherever, just because I've tried to, to be, uh, tried to try to come up with questions that I thought were a wide, uh, a, a good call from the whole series. Fair enough. All right. So question number one. When we first meet White House Chief of Staff Leo McGarry, he's on the phone complaining about a crossword puzzle spelling of a certain world leader's last name. Which real-life world leader was this? I'm locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, uh, let's start with uh, Liz. 
I went with Qaddafi. All right, and Colin? I also went with Qaddafi. And Alexis? It's not 14 letters for anything. It's Muammar Qaddafi. (laughs) And that is correct. All right, so second question in the round. Toby and Lord John Marbury share a whiskey from the island of Islay, which is actually pronounced Islay, not Islay. That is also a favorite of Ron Swanson. What is this whiskey? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Uh, I have no idea. So I am going to bow out of the question. <laughs> All right. And uh, Colin? I think it's Johnny Walker Blue. And Alexis? I have Glenn Livett. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't think anybody's getting points on that one. That is, uh, at least for Ron Swanson, it's a Lagavulin neat. Lagavulin. Mm. I knew specifically, it. <laughs> specifically 16-year-aged Lagavulin. It's fair. But I would have accepted Lagavulin. I had that written down. I just didn't lock it in. <laughs> All right. So question three. This character introduces himself as John, Lord Marbury, Earl of Croy, Viscount of Selby, Marquess of Needham and Dolby, Baronet of Brycey. Which of these titles did I make up? And I can repeat that one more time if you need. Please. Yeah, yes, please. This character introduces himself as John, Lord Marbury, Earl of Croy, Viscount of Selby, Marquess of Needham, and Dolby, Baronet of Brycey. Except he's not. Which of these titles did I make up? I'm locked in. That's a tough one. I'm locked in. All right, Liz. I'm going to go with the Earl of Croy. Okay, in with the Earl of Croy. Uh, Colin? Um, the Dolby Baronet of Brycey. Okay, and Alexis? I went with the Marquess of Needham or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were all over the place there, uh, answers, but uh, the correct answer is the Viscount of Selby, and I'll let Andrew uh, give a little extra info on that one. So that was uh, from his, his grand introduction in the same episode where they drink Lagavulin, because it's one of my favorite episodes of the series. Uh, so... English uh, nobility have all these weird titles that usually extend all the way down through. And he shouldn't even be called like John, like Lord John Marbury doesn't really make sense as a title. If he's the Earl of Croy, they should just call him Lord Croy, but that's cool. Um, But Earls, Viscounts, Marquesses, and Baronets are all of these different stacked layers of of nobility that they include whenever they they introduce themselves. Uh, But I made Viscount up. All right, question four. Leo catches his sister, Josephine McGarry, taking political advantage of a situation when students are arrested for praying at school because he recognized the unusual name of the news photographer that Josephine had called in. What was that photographer's name, first and last? I think I have to tap out again. I have no idea, and it's not coming to me. Mm. I have, like, syllables, but nothing that's coming together is a full name. Oh, no. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be very flexible on the grading of this yeah. one. Why don't you share syllables? You come to it together. Is that how it works? No. I think I have an O. I think that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have transitioned to Wheel of Fortune. Yes. <laughs> I buy a vowel on this one. Uh, I'm locked in. All right. Uh, Colin, the only one with an answer? Yeah, I'm going to have to tap. All right. Yeah, All right, Colin? Yeah, and I didn't really know, so I just put in a, a funny um, homage to the political history of Minnesota, and I said Jesse the Body oh, Ventura. That's Jesse, <laughs> Jesse the Mind Ventura. Uh, uh, the, the answer we were looking for was O to B. Jones. Okay, I did have the O. Yeah, you, did have, you did have the O. That's correct. All yours, Andrew? All right. Uh, question number five. What historical group did Zoe Bartlett join over the initial objections of Marion Coatsworth Hay that her qualifying ancestor was a pirate? I'm locked in, and I really wanted to get to say that name. I'm really sad that I didn't get to do it. I just watched that episode just for that. Um, I'm locked in. Why don't you just throw it to Alexis? She was excited. Let her answer first. (laughs) Uh, Marion Coatsworth Hay did not want her to join the Daughters of the American Revolution. All right, and Liz? 
I had the same thing. She was awarded the Francis Scott Key Key <laughs> so that we could get uh, access to the Daughters of the American Revolution. And Colin? Yeah, I had Daughters of the Revolution. All right. I, um, I think in this case, I have to go with Daughters of the American Revolution. So uh, I hope that's what you're down. I, I had just Daughters of the Revolution. Um, so it's up to you. Either way. Okay. Fred, I, I can't accept it. Ooh. Uh, no points. Would you would you have gotten points if I had asked you what award she was given? And the answer was the Francis Scott Key Key. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was considering asking that instead. Yeah. Uh, well, after five, it's a very tight game here. Uh, uh, all uh, members uh, lost three in a row here, uh, Colin, just recently. But it uh, looks like it's going to be 20 to 10 to 20. So very close. Question number six. The final episode before the Santos Vinick election Welcome to Wherever You Are is named for a song released by what artist who appeared in the episode as himself endorsing Matt Santos? I'm locked in. I'm laughing at myself because I'm confusing the real world election and musical artists who have endorsed people. I'm like, no, that was real life. That was not TV. I'm locked in. I think I pulled it after a few seconds. Uh, So I guess, uh, yeah, it's Liz. uh, You can talk it out. Yeah, I am. I like I said, I am very much stuck on people in the real world. Uh, Kanye, Willie Nelson, uh, <laughs> all the classics. Um, Eclectic group there. Huh. Yeah, and I am struggling to pull a name, so I'm just gonna go with. Um, uh, I'll go with Springsteen. All right, Springsteen, and uh, what did you say, Colin? Um, I had Bon Jovi. All right, and Alexis? Similar to Springsteen, geographically at least, it's John Bon Jovi. Ah, John Bon Jovi. You laughing? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. When you said Colin's name, you, you didn't say the full word, and it sounded like you were from New Orleans. You're like, Colin? <laughs> sorry. I, like, lost it there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's fair. I did, uh, I did float yeah. away there. Uh, yes, no, it's John Bon Jovi. Uh, it is John Bon Jovi. Uh, all right, number seven. I have to have my water, Neil. Sorry. <laughs> Stormy Daniels recently released a memoir with the same title as that released by former Vice President John Hoynes. What is the name of that book? I'm I'm locked in. Okay, Liz is locked in. <laughs> I'm also locked in with a guess. <laughs> all right. Uh, I- yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to get this one, so I'm going to punt on this question. Okay, so Colin is punting. Uh, let's go to Liz. What was your, your guess? I believe it's full disclosure. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay, and Alexis? That's definitely right. It, I wrote down for the record, but yeah. <laughs> it is full disclosure. It is full disclosure. Um, I was going to make a joke that uh, John Hoynes, uh, if it was today, would be getting in trouble for his antics at the Animal House. Uh, but that's sort of like a weird meta actor playing character, but it still makes sense to me. I got it, and I liked it. So, I think, if anything, they just promote him. They promote yeah, him actually, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he'd get in trouble at all, That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, now I'm depressed. Okay, take over, Matt. <laughs> well, oh! Then... Yeah. <laughs> Well, this will this will definitely bring the mood back up. Uh, Miss Landingham's twin sons were killed on Christmas Eve in Vietnam. What role did they serve in the conflict? I'm locked in. I'm locked, locked in. in. All right, uh, let's start with Liz. Um, I I wrote down they were medics slash nurses. Okay, and Colin. I wrote down medics. And Alexis. They were medics. They were doctors slash medics. So points all around. That was a heartbreaker. That time I saw that episode, like I just started watching it. I Mm. just watched it before coming on to record and I teared up at Mrs. Landingham going to the funeral. Oh my God. Yeah. uh, The way they timed it, they tied in that theme with what was happening. It was, it was really good. Unbelievable. And even the dialogue in that, where I think it was the president saying like, what if, what if this makes every veteran come out and Tope's response is like, I hope it does. Yeah. I can only hope, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is perfect again for me. I, I don't know how I'm getting so lucky today. So question number nine, 
Boston Public Schools recently made a switch to drop Mercator projection maps from their classrooms <laughs> in favor of a projection favored by the fictional cartographers for social equality. What is the name of that projection? I'm locked in. <laughs> Feels like all of the questions have been tailor-made for me today. What's funny, though, <laughs> what's funny is that was actually Andrew's question that that's you took. Cool. But that's okay, because it's for you. He can steal the deal. I'm, I'm okay with that. Andrew gets number 10, though. He gets to finish the round because he wrote it. I'm <laughs> locked in. All right, Colin, you can talk it out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can see uh, I can see the look on CJ's face when they flip it upside down and she loses her worldview, but I can't pull the name, so I'm going to I'm going to pass on this one. All right, so Liz, uh, what did you say for this one? I said the Peters projection. All right, and Alexis, what was your uh, answer for this one? Also the Peters projection. Uh, oh, any kind yes. of a ruling? It is yes, Peters. Okay, it's I was just saying. I know it's called so, Peters. In the episode, they refer to it as the Peters projection. Okay. But when I went to research it, the Boston School in particular referred to it as the Gall Peters projection. But Peters projection is fine. Okay. Yeah, if it's referenced that way in the episode, that makes perfect sense to accept that as an answer. Because I'm I'm only really familiar with it as Gall Peters, but that's all because I'm a map nerd. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All yours, Andrew. All right. Question number ten. In a sixth season episode, the gravity of President Bartlett's multiple sclerosis hits as he admits to Abby that he can't see out of one eye during a performance by James Taylor of a song originally by Sam Cooke. What is that song that also gave the name to the episode it featured? Uh, I can sing it, but I can't think of the title of it. (laughs) Also, you don't want me to sing it. (laughs) No, we encourage it as long as we don't sing, but you guys can sing as much as you want. I'm locked in. Has anyone shushed you, Colin? Are you in a library? Uh, I found the deepest, darkest corner back in the stacks, and I have had no issues. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised I have internet connection, but like, there's there's an Ethernet output right here, and it actually works. So there you go. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I locked in with a guess. All right, uh, Alexis, you can talk if you want to. I'm, I'm trying to sing to myself. Anybody who um, knows me would tell you that I am an absolutely horrendous singer, and music is usually my forte, so this is really bad that I can't <laughs> come up with the title of the song. <laughs> um, and I just watched this episode literally two days ago, so I really should uh, know the title. Um, but I guess I'm going to go with a change is going to come that's the best i got you can take it andrew i'm sorry um uh colin tapped out um that was alexis who answered yeah that was me okay liz what do you got i said a change is gonna come well he was born by the river yes a change is gonna a change is gonna come correct answer can't believe i pulled that (laughs) (laughs) an utterly beautiful song didn't Otis Redding do a cover or a version of it too? I I believe he did. I remember hearing that voice. Uh, yeah. I just got a play in here. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You can't really hear. Well, it's Aaron. It's nice. Uh, after the first round here, uh, the scores are still fairly tight. It's uh, Liz with sixty, Colin with thirty, and Alexis with sixty. Uh, before we go to the second round, since this is a, a quicker bonus than normal. Uh, I was just thinking, sitting here, uh, I, I know I'm not a all-star at watching uh, West Wing just yet, but uh, over the course of the series, I just have sort of a hypothetical question for you here. Um, each of you, if you could pick one character to bring to Thanksgiving dinner to help you arg- argue politics with you, and if you could bring uh, one person uh, to an event to have a great fun night with uh, not talking politics, who would they be? Let's start with uh, with, with Liz. Oh, I would pick Toby to help me argue uh, at Thanksgiving. Uh, and I would probably want to go on a double date with CJ and Danny. <laughs> okay. Great answer. Colin? Yeah, I think uh, I'm bringing Sam to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, and uh, the party, I got a party with Toby. I feel like he's got, he's got to be a fun guy <laughs> when he lets loose. So, <laughs> party with Toby. Uh, okay, and Alexis? 
Uh, so when I first introduced my husband to the show, when we started dating, um, we had a long argument about what character each of us would be. And he insists to this day that I would be Toby, which I think is funny. Um, so I think I would pick Toby to take with me to Thanksgiving dinner because we could tag team that pretty well, apparently. Um, <laughs> and as far as hanging out, I mean, I got to pick Lord John Marbury. Come on, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks the shot of whiskey is a cure for everything. How could you not pick him? <laughs> That's a very good answer. Uh, a lot of Tobys. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Oh, boy. I mean, there's no wrong answer to this question, especially since you took the ones I wanted to say. So, <laughs> so I'm, like Lord John Marbury absolutely would be the one I would spend time with. But I think for Thanksgiving dinner, I'm bringing Bartlett himself mm -hmm. because mm. he, he yeah. can't do worse. And uh, for the person I want to spend the time with, I'm going to go late seasons. I'm going to say Annabeth Schott because Kristen Chenoweth oh. herself is awesome. But also she always has a date. So she's got to be hooked up with, you know, all the great places to go. Very good. And Jeff? You you've watched the whole thing, so. Well, I don't. You know. There we go. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Open a can of worms. I. It's true. No, I. Uh, I'm. I. You know, Jimmy Smits is always a. a, oh, a big yeah. I'm a huge fan of him, so uh, I think we could do a platonic date. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and what about Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Mm. He'd have some good stories. We could do both. Yeah, Jimmy Smith's yeah. for both. You're, yeah. you're a big Jimmy Smith's fan. That's what it says on your on your uh, MySpace. So yeah. even that um, season of Dexter, that's not very good. Actually, to to be fair to his credit, I think that third season of Dexter oh, right. is not that terrible. <laughs> this is not start of a conversation. <laughs> uh, I'll go last here. I, I I'm only halfway through the second season, but uh, I think as far as partying, um, I'd either want to have uh, Josh and Donna on a on a double date and just listen to their 1920s, 1930s uh, back and forth dialogue that I love, the Hepburn and Tracy <laughs> dialogue. Uh, and then uh, as far as bringing to the Thanksgiving dinner table, ooh, it's a toss-up. Either um, either Sam, because he's very passionate, but I think I would actually bring CJ because she would make it entertaining to mess with everyone else at the table. So Very true. <laughs> yes. And she would be diplomatic about it, too. She would be. You're right. She would be very, she would undercut uh, everything with sarcasm, which I would love, so... Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. All right. Uh, well, Andrew, I'll let you kick off uh, round number two. All right. So question number one in round number two. During their presidential debate, Arnold Vinnick gives a simple two-word policy recommendation to help African countries establish capital growth. And to his chagrin, it gets laughs. What is that recommendation? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I... You talk freely. I'm trying to come up with this. I can picture what Alan Alda as Vinick. I can picture the debate. Can I come up with a two-word phrase? Wakanda forever. <laughs> You're my president now. <laughs> um... I think he just knows we're not there now, and he just tries to mess with us. Uh, seems like it. <laughs> no, we're uh, our we're we usually play on not usually, but like half the time we play trivia on Monday nights, and uh, apparently we've been name dropped as the answers to questions now because our trivia host is mad that we didn't <laughs> show up. So, as a trivia host myself, go back to trivia. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I guess we probably should. He he asked a uh, chemistry question where the answer was N-E-A-L for my name. And I, I still would have gotten it wrong. So. Yeah, we wouldn't have gotten it. I would have had it. You Are you kidding? It. I wouldn't have gotten it right. Combine atomic elements 10 and 13 for the less common variant of the spelling of what name? Come on. I'd have oh, I'm going to throw that to my husband. He's a physics teacher in high school mm, I love after that we're done with this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a social science major. I don't deal with it. So... <laughs> I, I'm I'm got I'm I'm getting nothing, so I'm just gonna say vote Vinick. <laughs> Two word answer. All right. Uh, what do you got? Just go. Uh, uh, yeah, go to Colin. Yeah, Colin. Yeah. Go. I had tax cuts. All right, and me. Uh, yeah. yeah, Alexis. Alexis. Sorry. Uh, I also I also had tax cuts. <laughs> the correct answer is tax cuts. All right. All right. Correct answer there. Our next question number no two. No taxes. Right. Read my lips. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number two, second round. Dixville Notch is a town in New Hampshire whose residents all cast their ballots at the first possible opportunity right after the stroke of midnight on an election day. This is one of several towns that is the real life inspiration for what West Wing location? I'm locked in. <laughs> all right. Alexis is locked in. Uh, let's see uh, what happens with Colin and Liz here. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I think I got it, so I'm going to lock in. All right, Liz, you can talk out. Could you repeat the question? Sure. Dixville Notch is a town in New Hampshire whose residents all cast their ballots at the first possible opportunity right after the stroke of midnight on an election day. This is one of several towns that is the real-life inspiration for what location in the West Wing universe? Something landing, and I'm thinking Hatfield and McCoy, but Hatfield and McCoy is the wrong thing. <laughs> so uh, it's something like that. They're like Hatfield, Hatfield landing, Hatfield landing. I'll go with that. I'm not going to get it if it's not that. Okay. And Stuck with Hatfield in landing, Colin? I think I might have just mixed this up with a real life place like that has some historical significance, but I said Harper's Ferry. Harper's Ferry and Alexis. Uh, Harper's Ferry's in West Virginia. I think it's a real place. It was uh, oh, John Brown and the abolitionist. Yes. Um, this is oh. Hartsfield Landing. Oh. Yep, Hartsfield Landing is. H-A-R. That's what it was. Yeah, a lot of H, H words there. So you guys were all around it. But uh, yeah, Alexis gets points there. The uh, original lyrics to the Battle Hymn of the Republic, John Brown's body lies a burning in the grave. So. Interesting. I didn't know that. Jeff again with the fun facts over here. <laughs> sure you can call him that. <laughs> all right. Question three. Max LaBelle was a United States senator who was instrumental in aiding the reform of the Federal Election Commission to support campaign finance reform, and as chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee was notified in advance of the assassination of Abdul Sharif. His actor played what 1998 title movie character? I'm locked in. All right. Uh, So Colin and Liz, still thinking it over? Yeah. Yeah, well, that movie came out one year after I was born, so... Oh, my. Wow, okay, I feel old now. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm going to take another big old punt on this question. What year was that, did they say? 98. Okay, that's when I was dancing to Casey and JoJo at my school dances. (laughs) All your life. (laughs) I mean, I was in the third grade, but still. (laughs) Yeah, we're... You're making me feel real young tonight, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, I think I'm tapping on this one too. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh so we only have one answer and it's from Alexis. What'd you say? So can I give my crazy ass rationale for this crazy ass answer that's probably wrong? Yes. <laughs> well, better. Um so I don't know the answer to this. I'm so terrible with actors, but I did learn yesterday that Aaron Sorkin wrote the movie Dave. So I went with Dave. Ah. It was not Dave. Uh, unfortunately, this was the Big Lebowski. Jeff Daniels, right? Is that, or Jeff Bridges. Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges Wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, but he, no, the actor is a guy named uh, David Huddleston. Mm. He did not receive. Well, if you don't know it, there's no point. He looks. But, he looks. He looks like uh, <laughs> D- uh, Dick Cheney, kind of. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. Jeff Lebowski. Uh, Jeff uh, Jeffrey Lebowski was the dude. Mm-hmm. This was the Big Lebowski. Gotcha. The old wheelchair bound. The old wheelchair guy. (laughs) 
question number four in the second round. Black Dude Dies First is a sad, cliched trope that the West Wing used, like many other shows, though they at least have the dignity to have this fatality to be the first named character to die off-screen. What was Morris Tolliver's job as seen on-screen? Lockton. I thought you were going to ask for the name. I was ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been. You just saw I, it, I probably. think I, I, I'm locked in. Yeah, no, I, I don't know about this one. Um... I, I was hoping you were going to ask uh, for a different character, um, but I'm not sure. So uh, I'm going to throw out the character I thought of, so Simon Donovan. You were asking for his job on the show, right? Because you gave us Morris Tolliver's name. Correct. Yeah, well, Secret Service agent then. Okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, waiting on Liz? Uh I said that he was filling in for the president's doctor conducting the physical and was asked to be the permanent replacement. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and, uh, um, yep. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, I just wrote president's physician. I mean, I hope that's sufficient. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, uh, as far as that's concerned, he was a Navy captain, but yes, no, he was more, no- more so known for being the president's physician. Yep. All right. Good job. All right, question number five. Please finish this quote from Sam Seaborn. It's three words I'm looking for here. Over three and a half centuries ago, linked by faith and bound by a common desire for liberty, a small band of pilgrims sought out a place in the new world where they could worship according to their own beliefs. And that's it. That's the quote. So again, finish this quote from Sam. Three words. Over three and a half centuries ago, linked by faith and bound by a common desire for liberty, a small band of pilgrims sought out a place in the new world where they could worship according to their own beliefs. Pregnant pause. And that's the quote. I could name you the episode, but I can't. <laughs> I can hear school children singing of that Thanksgiving song in the background <laughs> right now. I'm locked in with a guest. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's. I think there's a Peanuts movie about this. This is why I'm here, just so you guys know. Is Colin, did you lock in? Uh, I'll lock in with a guess. I I I'm I feel like this is one of those times where it was like super sarcastic and he turned it really funny and I'm just having a hard time coming up with what the like three word thing is. It was something like say can you say the quote one more time? Sure. So finish this, finish this quote from Sam Seaborn. Three words I'm looking for. Over three and a half centuries ago, linked by faith and bound by a common desire for liberty, a small band of pilgrims sought out a place in the new world where they could worship according to their own beliefs. And there's a pregnant pause. And that's the end of the quote. Oh, um, their own beliefs. It's something funny. It's something like end fight crime or end something unexpected. And fight crime. I'll go with that. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Okay. Is that everybody? I think everyone's in. Yeah. Uh, so we can go to Colin for his answer. Um, I said, and celebrate Thanksgiving. All right. And Alexis? I just said on this Thanksgiving. I Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise I wrote that before Colin said the thing about Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Two months ago. Great months ago. Well, it was a Thanksgiving quote. Sam writing the, pre- the president's Thanksgiving proclamation. The very beginning. Over three and a half centuries ago, linked by faith and bound by a common desire for liberty, a small band of pilgrims sought out a place in the new world where they could worship according to their own beliefs and solve crimes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very close, Liz. Pilgrim detectives. By day, yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I can't. I wish I could accept and fight crime, hmm. but, but Saul, Saul was the more important part of the clue. Yeah, I, knew, I knew it turned funny, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it. <laughs> Uh, All right, number six of the second round. In 2006, there was a real and successful political maneuver by British conservatives by deceiving the ruling Labour Party about how many members of Parliament were still in town for a vote. This was called the West Wing Plot because it was directly inspired by a fictional event led by Matt Santos in season six. What was the two-word operation name given to this gambit? This one sounds like it's a stumper. Mm Mm-hmm. This must have been one of the ones that I slept through. <laughs> I, 
I can remember the episode. I remember what happens, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I can even see like them talking in the office at night about this congressman's qualms with the legislation. And yeah, I don't I don't know the name of it either. I'm going to lock in with a guess. And like, I think that they all go hide in like the vice president's office or something like that. They go hide somewhere. Yeah. Huh. This was truly the nadir of the West Wing's quality at this point <laughs> in time. So but it has uh, such lasting impact. This one. I'm I'm locked in with a phrase that is not from that episode, but it is a two-word phrase. Okay. Uh, everyone's locked in. Alexis, did you say you were punting? I am punting. Okay. And Colin? I said Operation Midnight Vote. All right. And Liz? I said Passe Comitatus. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, it is uh, Operation Sleepover. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. In 1998, I was doing that, too, because I was 12, right? (laughs) (laughs) A lot more Mountain Dew involved. And Funyuns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Twisted metal. All right. Question seven. Said by Leo while watching the debate with a foreign dignitary, what are the only two things the president would need to do to sweep all 50 states in his re-election? Paraphrasing is fine here. I'm locked in. Okay. You guys, uh, any ideas, or are you still kind of thinking it over? I am going to tap out. Okay. Liz is tapping out. All right, well. I'm not coming with anything. <laughs> you're going to tap. I'm going to talk. I think, I think it has something to do with Kumar and what was happening in Kumar. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to punt on this one, too. I think it has something to do with Kumar, but I'm not sure. So okay. I'll and Alexis. Okay. Um, I believe it's shoot the Kamari Prince in Times Square and then walk across the street to Nathan's and buy a hot dog. Uh, that is <laughs> basically perfect. Yeah. I, I will accept I will accept that. The the technical quote is blow the Sultan's brains out in Times Square, then walk across the street to Nathan's and buy a hot dog. All right. And we are ready for the next one. Question uh, eight, I believe, in the round. Four U.S. presidents were featured in the season five episode, The Stormy Present. Three alive, one who died during said episode. Name all three of the other presidents, last name is Fine, and the actors who portrayed the two living ex-presidents. You know what? I'm going to call an audible on this one. If you can name uh, either or for the ones that were said, uh, I'd be cool with it. Um, I'm locked in, I guess. (laughs) All right, when you say either or, you just mean, can we name one of the living presidents and the actor who played them? No, you got to name the actor or the or the president for each of those. If you so know the all, actor, all three you know the actors. actor or you know either either all th- like there are three presidents yes. who are named who are not part of. If you can name uh, one of them has an actor or two of them we have actors we see, one we, we don't. You can name the actor for either of those two. But we need three names. Not including? Not, not including Bartlett. We know Bartlett. Okay, that's why. I'm, yeah, I'll, okay. <laughs> I figured. I figured. Um, I'm going to go with Josiah Bartlett on this one. <laughs> Can I also get the second one? I'm going to go Martin Sheen. <laughs> we just need one more. Okay. You get coolness <laughs> points there. I'm trying to. I've got one of them. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I've got I've got one of the three. Okay, so if I can name two of the other presidents on the plane, that's enough. Besides Bartlett, or do I uh, also need to, to come up with their actors? Oh, the presidents on the plane and the one who died. Okay, I've got the three presidents named. Okay, <laughs> and I'm gonna stop thinking about actors. Yeah, I'm not quite at that point. I'm my third watch through. I'm almost there, but not quite. So I think I've got one out of the three, and I'll guess on the other two. So I'll lock in. Uh, all right. So uh, let's start with Liz. What was your uh, What was your answer on this one? Okay. So I think I got the three presidents' names besides Bartlett. I think it was President Walken, Newman, and they were going to Lassiter's funeral, but I could only remember the actor. John Goodman played Walken. 
All right, Alexis, what was your uh, answer on this one? Um, I also had Walken and Lassiter, um, and I had Freeman as my last one. All right, and Colin. I had Walken, and Lassiter sounds right now that I hear it, but I had Walken, Marshall, and Roberts. All right, so your uh, your actors and uh, the people they played, uh, D. Wire Newman was James Cromwell. Nobody mentioned Cromwell. Uh, but Newman was mentioned. Owen Lasseter was the deceased, and Glenn Allen Walken was played by John Goodman. Hmm. How so, did, how did the points uh, get awarded there, Andrew? I I didn't uh, see that question. First person got. Points. I believe Liz, oh, is so Liz, with points. Liz gets yeah. points. Okay. All right, yeah. Liz. So yes, well done. That's a tough one. Very tough. tough. Uh, all right. Question nine of the second round. When White House Counsel Lionel Tribby is introduced, he is brandishing a gift he received from a famous person. What is either that gift or the person who gave it to him? Locked in. Locked in. Oh. <laughs> with thund- thunderous locking in. With, uh, did you also lock in, Colin? Yep. Yep, I'm locked in. All right. Liz, what do you got? He is brandishing a cricket bat. All right. Colin? Cricket bat. And Alexis? It's a cricket bat. I believe it came to him from somebody from India. I can't remember who from India, but... Uh, well, well, cricket bat will count for points. Uh, Andrew, yeah. we have Queen Elizabeth here. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so when I originally wrote this question, I thought, who is? What is the exact description of the person who gave him the cricket bat? And he refers to her as Her Royal Majesty Elizabeth Windsor, and no one ever refers to her that way. Yeah. That made me that <laughs> yeah that's, that's a that's like a pretty funny idiosyncrasy where he like chooses he clearly chooses to do that. No points all around. All right, question number 10 and round number two. And since you already brought it up, it should be even funnier. <laughs> Allison Jenny is lip-syncing of The Jackal <laughs> on set for the crew led for this to be introduced as a celebratory routine of CJs on the show itself. How tall was The Jackal? Locked in. I'm trying to sing it in my head, and that's not even going well. <laughs> I'm locked in with, I think, is a close guess. All right, Liz, I think you can talk about uh, Oh my gosh, I'm 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 coming up blank. I'm gonna say I I'm totally coming up blank. This Six is one two. Dude. I have no idea. Can you repeat that answer no, just one more time? Foot, six foot two? I don't know. I Colin? Um, I had two heights. I was thinking either five nine or six five, and I w- went with six foot five. All right, and Alexis. I went with six four. All right, Andrew, and with the answer. Fly boy was in the buttermilk. Hard, living fast, living large. Six foot four, and not an ounce oh. of fat. I would sing the rest of it, but I can't match CJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not singing, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I still can't match her voice. <laughs> Although lip syncing on a podcast is usually not very effective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just cursed by one inch, one inch off, and I'm going to mm. be 5'11 for the rest of my life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After regulation, uh, looks like the scores currently are Colin with 50 points, Liz with 90 points, and narrowly edging her out. Alexis with 100 points. So those are the points you can wager with for our final. And since uh, Andrew Thomas uh, was gracious enough to write this game for us, and we thank him for that, uh, for putting this all together, uh, we'll let Andrew take away the the final round, the final three questions. He'll he'll pick the categories for you. And uh, once you hear the categories, uh, what we'll do is... um, uh, how are we going to get the wagers? Good call. Um, we'll just write them down, then they're locked down, in, and then you'll in. tell them to us. Yes, that sounds good. We'll do that. So the West Wing is a very virtuous and noble show that teaches us to be the best of themselves. So your categories for your final three questions are patience, charity, and justice. I have my wagers locked in. Okay. I have my wagers locked in. I also have my wagers locked in. All right, Liz, uh, what are your wagers? Uh, I wagered 10 on patience, 0 on charity, and 10 on justice. All right, Colin? I wagered 15, 20, and 15. All right, and Alexis? 
when my husband and I play together at home, we always, no matter what, wager 10 points on each question. So I went with that strategy here, 10 on each. That's smart, because with Matt's categories especially, I have no idea what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a safe bet. You win some, you lose some, and you come up even. <laughs> That's true. Maybe with mine, too. We're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All the wages are locked in. Take it away, Andrew. All right. Your first question in the final the category is patience. Leo tells a story to his lawyer in Bartlett for America about the age of whiskey Johnny Walker Blue. In reality, it's aged for 25 years. But either for dramatic effect or by mistake, Leo gives a much longer aging period. How long is that? Uh, category is charity. Finish the quote as a six words from the first rebuttal in the Bartlett Ritchie debate. But your state of Florida got $12.6 billion in federal money last year <laughs> from Nebraskans, and Virginians, and New Yorkers, and Alaskans with their Eskimo poetry. Florida, $12.6 billion out of a state budget of $50 billion. Now, I'm supposed to be using this time for a question, so here it is. And then what's that question? Again, finish the quote. This is six words long. For the first rebuttal in the Bartlett-Ritchie debate. But your state of Florida got $12.6 billion in federal money last year from Nebraskans and Virginians and New Yorkers and Alaskans with their Eskimo poetry. 12.6 out of a state budget of $50 billion. Now, I'm supposed to be using this time for a question, so here it is. Like. I literally just watched this episode before we, we called we called it. <laughs> nice. I, I'm going to kick myself if I get this wrong. I use this quote all the time. <laughs> Sounds like we have some confident contestants on that one. I like that quote a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And your final question category is justice. President Bartlett appointed three justices to the Supreme Court. Please give me all three of their names in full. You know what? I said in full. Let's just give me give me the last names. You're a you're a kind judge. I was thinking this is the uh, charity part. <laughs> 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 last names is fine. I also just realized uh, from the first question, the Johnny Walker Blue. That's the that's the whiskey or the name of the liquor I got wrong in one of the other questions. I was deciding whether or not to include it on the ones I wrote, and I thought, no, I gotta keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two. I can't get the third. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm locked in. I've got two. I can't get the third. Yeah, I'm locked in as well. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pull that. Everyone locked in then? Yep. All right. Question number one, patience. How old is Johnny Walker Blue, according to Leo McGarry? All right. Uh, Liz wagered 10 on this one. Uh, what was your answer, Liz? I said 60. All right. Colin, 60 you... what? Oh, sorry. Years. <laughs> <laughs> 60 fortnights uh, <laughs> Colin you wagered 15 what was your answer I also had 60 years and Alexis you wagered 10 I had 60 years as well yep Leo surprisingly for an alcoholic does not know his scotch mm. and said that Johnny Walker Blue was somehow aged for 60 years well when you're that drunk does it really matter Yeah, I guess true but then you know <laughs> take it as it comes all right Number two, charity. Now, I'm supposed to be using this time for a question, so here it is. Can I go first this time? <laughs> <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll go with Alexis first. She wagered 10. <laughs> um, here it is. Can we have it back, please? <laughs> uh... And uh, Colin, you wagered 20? Yeah, my wording was a little off. I said, when can we have it back? All right, and Liz with uh, zero points on this one. I said, can we have it back, please? Fantastic. Oh, and, can, and, and uh, so here it is. Can we have it back, please? <laughs> <laughs> Martin Sheen is so amazing. <laughs> oh, such a great reading. Absolutely my favorite. All right, number, uh, third question. Uh, what are the three names of the justices President Bartlett appointed to the Supreme Court? All right, well, just for fun, uh, we're going to start with Colin. You wagered 15. I think I got it, but I'm going to look real stupid if I don't. So I had Mendoza, Bacon, and Calhoun. All right. Liz, you wagered 10? I 
agreed on Mendoza, but I, I thought that there was something towards the end where they appointed both like the liberal one and the conservative one. And I thought that one of them was played by Glenn Close and it was Lang. And I didn't have a third, so Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> and Alexis, you wagered 10. Uh, so I also have Mendoza and Lang. Bacon and Calhoun are the FEC people that he appointed oh, oh, in the oh, first oh. season. Um, but I, I don't have a third. I do have Mendoza and Lang, but I don't have a third. I believe you're right about Bacon and Calhoun being the FEC the appointees. Pulling the wrong names. So <laughs> in the first season, he appoints uh, Commander Adama himself, Roberto Mendoza. <laughs> and in the fifth season episode, The Supremes, he jointly appoints Glenn Close uh, as the Chief Justice, Evelyn Baker Lang, and William Fickner, who was the badass um, bank manager in The Dark Knight. Uh, and his character's name was Christopher Mulready. Mm. Oh, that's right. So no points on that one, right? That's that's my take, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, after this uh, special Tuesday uh, midterm election edition of West Wing, it looks like uh, in third place with the least amount of votes, but with our hearts, uh, with 30 points, that's going to be Colin. In second place, uh, narrowly there, uh, almost winning there, was Liz with 90 points. And today's commander-in-chief is going to be Alexis with 110 wow. points. Wow. Good job. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I've, I would class, make a whole huh? inaugural speech, but I could never beat the one that, uh, you know, Will Bailey and Toby wrote for Jed Bartlett. So. <laughs> this is a lot that was a lot of fun. Yes. Amazing. Seriously, such a great time, guys. It just shows how many actual details are in the shows that you don't mm. even realize or like that you, your mind completely passes over. So. Well, like I didn't even know where to start studying because the entire show is just words. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yep. Sorkin and his words. It's too hard to, to, to even uh, fathom how many questions you could probably come up with the show, but we thank Andrew for writing this for us. Andrew, before we, we let you go, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your podcast and uh, have a, a similar experience like this? Well, now I've got to write a West wing episode because <laughs> this is a whole lot of fun to go with you guys. Uh, but you can find the 10 Things I Wish You Knew podcast on iTunes or Google Play or Podbean, which is where it's officially hosted. Uh, or you can find the Facebook page because it's up there somewhere where I post every new episode when it comes out. And I'd be delighted if you listen. We're four episodes in and uh, the Triviality folks are almost certainly going to hop in and share Absolutely. their areas of expertise soon. And if they don't, I'm going to, you know, be mad. So expertise expertise <laughs> in air quotes. Yeah. No, we definitely will be on the show. Um, and uh, thank you for putting the game together. And thank you for being a Patreon supporter. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's go to Liz uh, in Seattle. So, uh, Liz, any final words here? Any final uh, West Wing memories before we let you go? Um, I guess final words are thank you. This was a lot of fun, although it was way harder than I think I was expecting. Um, and I guess final words, what's next? Oh, no. perfect. That was great. I, I even got that reference myself. Uh, <laughs> great episode. Uh, Colin, uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, over at uh, Wartburg College in the library. I know that there's a, a librarian uh, inching closer uh, there to telling you to oh. shut down your computer. But uh, any last words from you? Um, I'm just going to go with the advice uh, that he gave to um his republican opponent after the debate in the re-election and it was you're young you'll be back so i'm gonna <laughs> go with i'm young and who knows what's gonna happen in the future so awesome <laughs> well uh stay safe out there in waverly iowa uh from the uh i'm not gonna say who killed heather because you'll have to find out and watch um and uh last but not least uh alexis papalia thank you very much for joining us from pittsburgh uh any last words from you as our commander-in-chief today um well to get serious for a second, I know that none of us could hope for a president as amazing as Jeff Bartlett because, I mean, come on, we all mm -hmm. want him as our president. But it is very important, as we learn from the West Wing, to do your civic duty. So vote early, vote often. And um, also, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, I host trivia at Hambones in Lawrenceville on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. So come check that out. And, uh, yeah, I just hope that uh, we can all be excellent to each other. <laughs> mm -hmm. be excellent to each other i've heard that somewhere party on dudes <laughs> <laughs> what a great uh, what a great message there thank you alexis 
Uh, well, uh, for all of our wonderful guests for joining us today, we'll all have to have them on uh, many different episodes, hopefully, or a different type of format. But uh, for today, this was a lot of fun. So thank you to Liz, Colin, and Alexis. Thank you to Andrew for writing up this game. Make sure you check out his podcast, 10 Things I Wish You Knew. And for Jeff, Matt, and uh, Ken, who I forget where we said he is, but who cares? It doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, my name is Neil, and that He's was... in Mandyville. Hi, Mandyville. That was our canvassing. <laughs> and that was Triviality. You have 60 seconds for a question and an answer. Well, first of all, let's clear up a couple of things. Unfunded mandate is two words, not one big word. There are times when we're 50 states and there are times when we're one country and have national needs. And the way I know this is that Florida didn't fight Germany in World War II or establish civil rights. You think states should do the governing wall to wall. That's a perfectly valid opinion. But your state of Florida got $12.6 billion in federal money last year from Nebraskans and Virginians and New Yorkers and Alaskans with their Eskimo poetry. 12.6 out of a state budget of 50 billion. I'm supposed to be using this time for a question, so here it is. Can we have it back, please? Game on! As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.